Welcome to Getting Sports with Drunk. I'm your host, Cupcake the Riddler, and I'm joined by Bach. Sheen Washable. Yep. Yep. Sozy. Jmart. <laughs> no, he's not here. No. No. no Jmart tonight. Sad. Bitch. <laughs> Kyle <laughs> <with a> golf <laughs> clap. Uh, welcome to our end of the NFL season, end of the fourth quarter show. We should Time's do an expired. overtime show. We should do an overtime show. Time's expired. Oh, that's playoffs. Nah, that's true. Time's expired. Do the leaving in the arms thing. Uh, but before we get into that, starting lineups, um, Machine Washable, would you care to lead it off? Yes, I have um, from the Czech Republic a Gambrinus 10. What kind of beer is that? It's a, I believe it's um, a lager, I believe. Okay. Souls? Oh, I got the Harvest Hefe from Sam Adams. Are you about to do a beer review? <laughs> You're about to go right into your beer review, aren't you? Yeah. It's kind of hard to do considering you haven't opened it yet. I know. But I can already tell. Say it. Sam. Right than I. <laughs> I have the Heady Topper from The Alchemist in Vermont. It is an ale. Vermont. Vermont. And it's 8%. I love that it was like a cheat sheet. Everything I need to know was on the can. It says on the top, drink from the can. So I'm very excited for that. Or if you don't, though. Well, then you're breaking the rules. All right, then. I bet mm-hmm. you on your bottle tells you what glass to pour it in. I'm I think sure. that's a Goose Island thing. Is it? Well, I bet you on your... <laughs> <laughs> I was also wrong. This is a Pilsner. Oh, my God. Dude, that's a f***ing shot, bruh. Nope. You, you claim that... That's, that's you a claim, shot. You got the right... You claim this is your favorite Yeah, beer. you did. You claimed before the show it's one of your favorite beers. You it didn't is. know... What to, you have to so do a shot. Take a shot, you f***ing the animal. Actually, he should have to shotgun it so he has no <laughs> beer below <laughs> shot. Oh, that'd be terrible. 16-ounce shotgun? Nice. Uh, considering the uh, well, hold on, let's get his reaction because we've added some new uh, elixir to the private stock. Much lot, darker now. Yeah, it's not that bad. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm continuing in the farmhouse series. Uh, the well, I should probably say these aren't all farmhouse ales, but I mean, but they're all like in the same series essentially. All bombers? Um, no, they're not bombers. They're seven fifties. All seven fifties. Ooh, shot. shot. Uh, but this week's is the Juliet, the Belgian style Wild Ale, and uh, I'm very excited. So um, before we crack our beers, round of the horn, toast of excellence, souls. Mine goes out to uh, Stephen Ridley, who scored his first touchdown since 2014. Uh, mine goes out to um, me, because I'm the best there is. The best there was and the best there ever will be. Is that, did I say that right? I think so. Right, no, mine actually goes out to the old meat log hanging himself, Frank Gore, on becoming just the uh, fifth player in NFL history to rush for 14,000 yards. Joins a pretty elite list. Kyle, can you name them all? Emmett. <laughs> That's all you got? <laughs> So I got my head right now. All right, so it's Emmett Smith, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, and Curtis Martin. And Emmett. <laughs> and Emmett. I like how you said it too, like, and Emmett. <sighs> uh, Red Baron? Yeah. My toast of excellence goes out to the Buffalo Bills. After 17 seasons, they're in the playoffs, and I am ecstatic. It's their first, first playoff birth of the 21st century. Their fans went nuts. The video was so good. Andy Dolan's the hottest guy in Buffalo. Yeah, and the Riddler and I were looking... At something, they Bill sent the, the Bills, Bills sent letter. the Bengals a, a thank you letter <laughs> and said that they were sending them wings. Well, if you saw like Bills fans were donating money to like Andy Dalton's charity, they they are just excited just to be disappointed. Hey, we don't know <laughs> that yet. Uh, Do you remember the Seahawks? They were seven and nine. 
they made the playoffs and certain Marshawn Lynch and Tyler Columbus. Yeah, they didn't know if McCoy's going to play. And Tyler Columbus ran down the field, knocking down all those seats. Here's the thing, especially in the NFL. Then lost to the Bears. <laughs> in the playoffs, anything can happen. Any team can beat any team. No matter. So you're telling me right now that in these wild card playoffs, the Bears could beat the Packers? If they were in the playoffs, no, yeah. you got to use disclaimers, guy. All right? <laughs> you're lucky I'm not going to send some shots your way. No. Who's your toast of excellence? My toast is to the New York Rangers for winning the Winter Classic. Well, wasn't expecting that. <laughs> that might be a shot. That's not football related. Doesn't have to be. Toast of excellence, gentlemen. Uh, hold on. Uh, producer sitting on his ass. Get your get your brew ready. I was ready. You, you were itching your crotch. All right. Toast of excellence. Mm, it's it's wild. Um, we also have uh some more you know great news for you know the man of many names. Uh, the 2017 Pick'em winner. Um, supposedly. We have to go back and check the math. He does the math himself, so there's definitely yeah. some errors. Oh, I'm sorry, but I f***ing almost finished him last. Whoa, 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 whoa. So, would you kind of care to re- kind of recap? So, you were in first. I'll recap, the season. I'll recap the season for you okay. real quick. So, yeah, the, the way the standings worked was it was Kyle, then me, then Kendall. Only two games back. Okay, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whoa. if you lose by an inch or a mile. Losing is losing. Vin Diesel. Kyle was in first, I was in second, Kendall was in third, and then tied for last was Mock and Jeff. Now, season recap. Pretty much all you need to know. I was in first all season, and Kyle had two great last two weeks and overtook me. Or so he says. Exactly. <laughs> but I did. Dude, you were in first for like the first like four weeks, and then... That's not true. I'm pretty, I've, I've pretty much been in first like the whole season. I, I was in first for nope. a little while early on. Nope. No. Okay. No. Jeff was in first weeks one through seven. <laughs> and then he didn't pick for six straight. No, I'm kidding. Oh, that'd be terrible. Uh, so congratulations, Kyle. Uh, shot trivia. So I'm going to take a shot of this bad boy real quick. Do you have your question ready? Oh, I do. Oh, okay. This is... Jeez. Oh, <laughs> You're going to punch yourself in the head. And then <laughs> slammed it on the table in the process, too. This is going to be so good. I love your faces that you make. Uh, uh. We should make like a, like a collage of the faces of private stock. This is not a real thing. I think he's playing it up, though, because it's not that bad. Oh, it's pretty terrible. <laughs> what are some of the things we put in it? when we? Uh, uh, red, white, and blue berry vodka. UV blue vodka. Uh, peach some brandy. E&J. Yeah, peach E&J brandy. Blackberry brandy. Blackberry brandy, yep. Uh, what have you picked? Pinnacle something. strawberry. Picked something. How did vodka went into this? How did it get so brown? We was something like deep forest or yeah, deep some river. <laughs> Wasn't a river. Forest was a deep forest. It was a, it was a whiskey. I'm pretty sure, but uh, yeah. not good. It was blue for a little while. We should put some like Kraken in there next time. Get a nice black rum some going. Pop in there. rocks. That's the same thing, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so, Caribbean rum, pop rocks, they're like hand in hand. Um, so question? Any homes. Um Marvin Lewis just finished his fifteenth season with the Cincinnati Bengals. How many career wins does he have? With the Bengals? Yeah. Has he ever coached anywhere else? No. No. I don't know. <laughs> Could we get a base number like how many games are in a season over that many years? He's, I, I, he's coached two hundred and forty games. Two hundred and forty games. Yeah. Okay. Including playoffs. Which we know they've never won one. Yeah. 
Hmm. All right, so I'm gonna have to say he has a hundred and twenty-one wins and whatever the loss record of that is. He doesn't have any playoff wins. No, no, he's zero and seven. That's horrible. You said coach two hundred and forty games. Two hundred and forty. I'm gonna say one oh nine. One seventeen. Paul loses. Nice. It was a hundred and twenty-five. Nice within four. I didn't think he was above 500. The bets are pretty terrible years. But they also had a few like 12 win seasons, 11 win seasons. All right. Damn. They've only had one 12 game. I've been doing pretty well. I haven't really lost in a while. It's pretty much been bouncing between Kyle and I. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should keep it in the family. I think Kyle should lose. I lose every week somehow, so. Excellent. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Am I forgetting something? Where we're recording from tonight? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are we recording from? From the GDH Woodworking Studios. Greg is on attendance today. It was actually pretty funny getting in here. Uh, <laughs> we we usually we come to the studio and the, the light is shining in the room. Get here. His truck is here, but it's dark. So we're like, oh, no. And the sink's running. Yeah. Sink's running. So we couldn't get a hold of him. And Souls, being the genius that he is, goes, hey, why don't we look under the mat? <laughs> like, I think, Kyle, no Shut way. Up. You are an idiot. Sure enough, we're idiots. I'm an idiot. Key under the mat. Got in. We set up. Well, it took you a little while to get in. Well, Kendall had some trouble with the I, key. I asked the Riddler to help me because I'm not really good with things. <laughs> I wish it was like a scavenger hunt to find the key. <laughs> but it was funny. We afterwards, we called Greg, and he didn't even know there was a key. <laughs> so just a surprise to him as it was to us. But we're glad to be here, and uh, good show. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Greg. Um, NFL. End of the season. Tier, Tapanos, end of regulation. Well, sad. Overtime to come. Not really. Nah, not really. Yeah, I don't want, I don't want, <laughs> I'm sad. You want the season to be longer? Eh, no, I think it's it's fine the way it is. I wish it was just, August again. I'm sad when it's over, but I'm ready, you know, I'm ready to move on. Yeah, but like, I'm not really sad because like football's like the one sport that like, they just like, the, the minute there's something to talk about, they just blow it up for like weeks. It's like, we're still going to hear about football until... Two weeks into February, and then we're going to be hearing about it all over again when the combine starts, and then we won't stop hearing about it until. I, next I agree January. with the Riddler. It's the most insufferable analysis of any sport. They just beat it to death. Um, so that's one aspect I don't like, but I, I am sad that it's over. Ish. It's okay though. There won't be the, as big of a lull in the whole sports world this year because usually the summertime, in between the draft and like free agency and training camp. It's usually pretty low because it's just baseball. Like yeah. basketball and hockey are too freshly over to really talk about. But World Cup this summer, so I know none of you will be watching it, but I will be. Well, we can make it fun. I'll watch some World Cup. I'll tune in. You guys should have to do a shot for every. You guys should pick a team and you have to do a shot for every goal they concede. Do they do kind of a bracket in the World Cup system? Uh, groupings. Groupings. Like, Would it be too difficult to do like a bracket? What do you mean? Like a, a all the way to the championship? There's just too many teams? Like March Madness, kind of. Um, I mean, like I could explain to you guys how the groupings work. Essentially, there's like... So once everybody qualifies... Well, everybody is qualified because it's this year. But um, once everybody's set into their groups and everything, once the tournament starts, everybody plays each opponent in their group once. And then the two highest point totals go into the knockout stages. So I think... Trying to think. I think thirty. I can't remember if it's sixty-four teams. 
Yeah, I think 64 teams go to the World Cup, 32 make it to the knockout stages. And then after that, it's just one game. USA didn't make it, though. No, they did not qualify. So Bums. it'll be interesting. But anyway, wrong wrong football. We're not talking about that football. Um, that's football. So end of the season. It's upon us. Uh, as per usual, who's hot, who's not. So machine washable. Why don't you lead us off with a who's hot and who's not team-wise. One of each. Hmm. Well, a team that's hot uh, going into the playoffs for me is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bortles played great towards the end of the season. Defense was still playing good. They got some steam rolling in. I can see the, the smoke pouring out of Kyle's ears. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Who's not? Um, a team that's not hot going into the playoffs. I don't know. That's tough because they all made the playoffs. And like a lot of the teams to get in needed help and got it. And um, So then you could pick a team. You could pick a team then that's. Team that didn't make the playoffs, Baltimore Ravens. That was pretty heartbreaking. For them. Not for two of the four people at this table. But they they just hate the color purple. <laughs> the movie, not the team. Um, <laughs> Both. Yeah. Well, I'll go next then. Um, so a team for me who's not. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say the Cleveland Browns. That's a cop-out. Yeah, <laughs> but it's true. Um, no, I'll say my, my team who's not, um, I'm going to say the Detroit Lions. I mean, they had a good win in the end of the year, but just once again, another season of Matt Stafford playing out of his mind with no running game and a defense that's kind of inopportune and like they kind of just give up plays at the wrong moments and – just, I mean, you, you can't you can't be a successful organization if you rely on a fourth quarter comeback. It just doesn't work. Uh, team who's hot though, Jimmy G and the 49ers. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> yeah, they're hot. Five wins in a row, including a nice, uh, even though there were resting players going on, but a nice win to cap off the season against the division Rams, division opponent, and division winning Rams. So uh, J- Jimmy G setting the 49ers aflame. Now, do you think like the 49ers organization likes that that happened? Like if they don't sign Garoppolo, he like killed their draft position. But but it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, like he he dropped their draft position greatly, but at the same time, like now you actually have a piece to build around. But that's what I mean, if if they don't sign him, if he doesn't stay in San Fran, he's going back. They're going to offer him so much money. My thing is is I, I think they're going to sign him because they show, you know, he showed promise and what he can I think do. They should and, and like now they have some. If they don't, even if they didn't, if they didn't trade for him and just tanked out the season, they would have just been in the same boat as the Browns are in because it it doesn't matter if you have the number one draft pick because you just keep drafting people and you don't. There's you have to have like it's nice to draft people, but there's going to be someone to build around. So like you know the Browns are continuously every year hoping that one of these big draft picks for them blows up and then that becomes the guy they build around. But the 49ers did it without the draft, so now yeah. they can use the draft accordingly. Souls, who's hot? Who's hot? I'm also saying the 49ers. No, you can't. I already said that. <laughs> That's a shot, and you can't say that. It's cheating. <laughs> Not cheating. Really, was so fast. Even a little bit. <laughs> no. Pick a different uh, team. No. That was funny. Pick a different team. Can I, can I go while Yeah, go first. Yeah, whoa, who's not whoa, hot? Whoa, whoa. Who's not hot? So well, I'm going sh- to disagree with Mock going into playoffs. I feel as though the Jacksonville Jaguars are not hot. Uh, I feel as though the the defense played 
you know, well enough to win. And Bortles kind of, you know, they had the, the South basically locked up at that point, and they kind of just went through the motions and got in. Um, a team that is hot, obviously the New England Patriots, steamrolling Ooh. over everyone per their usual, and uh, Tom Brady playing out of his mind per usual. A lot of fun to watch them. Hot team. Souls, who's not hot, are the Tennessee Titans. Well, three in a row before week 17. I wish you watched The Office. You sound like a mad Kevin so <laughs> much right there. Anyway, before week 17, they lost three straight games. They lost the division lead. They were, if they didn't win week 17, they were out of the playoffs. Mariota hasn't been good down the stretch. Their offense is not good at all. Their defense is subpar. It surprises me that they're even in the playoffs. All right, who's hot? That doesn't come from the Bay Area. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the Rams. Todd Gurley basically won them two straight games before Week 17 when they rested everybody. Locked up the West. They went 12-4. and four. They only really lost the 4 and out because they sat everybody. They're going to go into the playoff pretty pretty good. <laughs> All right. So, feeling pretty good. Real quick, before we uh, get into the players, hot and not category, um, or player, you know, players that have surprised you the last four games of the season, whatever. Um, what's your – well, we all say we're not talking about the playoffs this show. I meant to, I meant to lead off with that. That will be the OT show. Uh not the Terrell Owen show, if you have dyslexia. It's just the OT overtime show. Um, that will be coming at a later date. Um, I believe we're going to schedule that for the Pro Bowl weekend, yes. correct? Um, who knows? Maybe maybe we'll have some Pro Bowl highlight videos of our own. Ooh. Maybe a pass, punt, and kick competition. We should do that. But um, So no no playoff implications, no predicting of the, you know, we'll do our normal MV, uh, Super Bowl predictions. But um, so what's your biggest gripe about the NFL season? Anything at all. We'll go around the horn. I, I, I was curious. I know this is kind of like a... They weren't prepared for this question. But it can be, you know, a player. It can be somebody going... You know, a team going to the playoffs. It can be, you know, just anything. How something, something was handled, handled, anything. So I'll lead off to give you an example. My gripe is against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't really understand the need to sit a bunch of players that are going to be sitting for another week. Doesn't make any sense to me. It's... It's the recipe for putting people on cold streaks. I, I don't, I don't understand it. You play, you know, you had a team that you were playing that you know had Bell played wouldn't have been that close. It just wouldn't have been. If Ben had played, it wouldn't have been that close. I mean, you have, you know, you Smith Schuster luckily stayed hot, but I don't know. To me, it's just they're going to be to be taking these star players that are already that are going into the playoffs. They know what's ahead of them. You know, chances are Cinderella story again, you know, AFC championship game, whatever. But I don't understand why you wouldn't have him be in real game action for three straight weeks. Riddler, I agree with you. But I will say to this point, the Steelers don't have the Patriots luck. Steelers always get hurt just before. I guess they're just trying to prevent that from happening. That's kind of what I was going to say. I think the injury to Brown kind of scared him. And, um, you know, Bell has had a lot of touches this season. So I, I agree that it, it sets them up for them to come out flat right. to open the playoff right. game. But I never like two game two weeks off, but it just it just 
terrible luck. I, I think Brown getting hurt scared him, and they say we can't. You know, is is he playing the first playoff game? I don't even know. Projected to. Is he? We'll see. I don't know. I, 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 mean, I, I agree, understand though. it, but I don't know, still think it's the wrong call. If I, if I was a head coach, that wouldn't be the call. I'd make. I would have at least done limited snap. You know, get him in. Treated it like a something. preseason game. Yeah. Fair enough. So, does anybody, anybody else have any any gripes about the season? Yes, and uh, we've discussed this in great detail. And I'm not just saying this because of the Steelers, but we've had such a hard time this entire year knowing what's a catch and what's not. And it's just like, it used to be so simple. You know, five seasons ago, you know, the ball either hits the ground or doesn't. And like, I never know. When it gets to down to like, hey, you know, well, it was rotating, but his hand was underneath it. You know, oh, you know, the ball touched the ground, but he didn't fumble. It's, just, it's, it's confusing. Well, the biggest testament to that is, is Collinsworth. The guy played wide receiver, right? Yeah. And he doesn't know what a catch is. Like and the guy played wide receiver in the NFL for how many years? Eight. They, they've they made it um, so much more convoluted than I think they intended to because, you know, it, it's just the way the game is. It happens. You know, you don't have every angle to see everything. It's And it's just gotten so... Every rule in the NFL used to be black and white, and now every rule in the NFL has like a huge grayscale in between. It's very tough. Souls, do you have a gripe? Yeah, mine is how the Los Angeles Chargers did not make the playoffs. They beat Buffalo head-to-head. And my thought was, if you beat a team head-to-head, they have the pull over you in the playoffs. Doesn't make sense how they did not, how they needed all that, how they needed, you know, the Ravens to win and stuff like that to get in. I believe they should have gotten in because they beat Buffalo. What did it come down to? Conference record? Yeah, it goes it goes overall record then conference record for wild cards, and then it goes head to head. I think tied. it should go head to head in general. If you beat a team, you should be above them. I mean, I but see you both may sides not of the play court. that team. Hmm? They may not play that. I'm team. talking about like head to head. Like if you play that team, you should be in front of them. Like I get it, I get it, but I like I get what you're saying, but I don't think I agree with that. Just because it's if you get a team that you know, because what do you, what do you play? How many conference games do you play a year? You play what six division opponents, and then an entire division is ten, and then two random opponents. Yeah. They're not random, but right, the, yeah. the two other division seedings. So you're playing twelve out of your sixteen games against your AFC. I mean, let's just say you have a team that goes, we'll call it six and six in the conference, and then but then beats the entire NFC. And now they're, you know, they finished the season at 10 and 6. And then you have, a, but one of those wins was against the Bills. Say the Chargers beat the Bills. If the Bills had lost all their NFC games, but then they turn around and they win 10 AFC games. I mean, the, their road to the Super Bowl is based off of playing yeah. AFC opponents. Not necess- not one specific team in the AFC, but playing the AFC as a whole. So, did you mention what was the their div- division record? Like, did the Chargers have a better first their division than the Bills did? Is that has a lot to do with it? Does I'm that not, matter for wild card? I don't think I don't think so unless it comes down to, to like like if like the Bills and the uh Dolphins were tied, I think one of the tiebreakers would be division records. Um I think it still does, but I think it like it takes a backseat to a lot of things when it comes to non division opponents. Well, I just wasn't sure if the Chargers had a far worse division record than I think they went like three and three or four and two. The same as Buffalo. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'll have to look it up. I'll look it up on my gripes. My um, my gripe. I know I've talked about this before, but it was just the Giants as a whole. The way the whole Eli Manning situation went was just—it was horrible. It was horrible. They had a guy that's played 13 years, never missed a start. They sat him for no reason 
it, it, it was horrible. Fan, fans are going to be hard pressed to forgive owners for that. Yeah, that was, that was that was tough. Big fan of the new guy though. I already canned somebody. Yeah, Bobby Hart said he didn't want to play Week Seventeen. He said, "Get the f- out of my locker room. <laughs> You're out." That's what they need, though. They need somebody to put their foot in their ass so they're not bitches all the time. That's what the Giants are. A bunch of prima donnas. So the Bills, the Bills and the Chargers both finished 3-3 three and three in their respective divisions. Mm-hmm. The Bills finished 7-5 and five in the conference, and the Chargers finished 6-6. Six and six. So it came so. down to conference play. But it's, it's a good well, point. I want to go back to what I'm saying. You gotta, you're going to let your whole locker room be affected by one player. What do you mean, one player? Everyone, they didn't respect their coach. Their Eli Apple was a cancer to the locker room. I yes. thought we were talking about the Chargers for a second. I didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> no, because the whole entire team hated Eli Apple. But they also didn't respect McAdoo at all. They didn't want to play for McAdoo, so they didn't play. So you're getting paid. This is your job. And you can get you can lose your job very quickly. You play. So that means they're pretty redundant because they're being bitches toward their own, their team, their fans. I wouldn't want them on my on my team. Let's save that. I think you guys would have a good debate. That's been, I don't mean to chime in on it, but that's been one of my least favorite things that people have ever said. Like, not just you, Kyle, but like anybody, sports analysis, fans, anything like that. I hate when people say, like, like if a player chooses not to play, like, oh, you're, you're, you're shitting on the fans. No, I'm not. I'm not shitting on the fans. It's nothing to do with the fans. It's, it'd be like if you, like, you got into a gripe with your boss at work and you didn't show up and your coworkers were like, you did this to screw us. Like, no, that's not why I did it. I get it did screw you, but that's not that wasn't my reasoning. I've well, just never been a fan of it. Bobby Hart's a backup. You're gonna play week seventeen. You might as well just show up and play. You get no, I get games. what you're saying. I just I don't. I've never liked the oh, he, you know, he's screwing the fans, and it's like eh, it's bigger than that. You gotta, you gotta treat it like a corporation when you look at it from that. If you're gonna look at it like a business, you gotta treat it like a business, not treat it like a. So, so by that, I mean Kyle is is Bell a prima donna because he held out. He he was under contract. I'm talking about in the locker room. But it's room. the same thing. I'm talking he about was in under the locker contract. Room. You're gonna affect your your own team from one player. That that's one factor. That that was a big factor. It was one factor though. The the whole season. They didn't respect McAdoo. The team wasn't winning. It it was it and what was the excuse after McAdoo left? By then the hole was dug. Doesn't matter. What do you mean it doesn't matter? They still didn't play up to the potential. At least their defense. The hole was dug. They couldn't climb out. The defense could have played a lot better. Yeah, but they were also on the field 80% more than they were last year. Take it from somebody who's watched a lot of bad offenses for their <laughs> favorite team. Real tough to win games. All right, so I'm looking at this like, consistent like mock Kyle debate every week. <laughs> um, we're going to wrestle soon. Ooh, Mud nice. wrestling. <laughs> I would pay to see that. Um, even though I'd be invited, I'd pay I'd to see I'd refund you. <laughs> no one right, wants so to see that. Let's, let's we'll go around the horn kind of kilter a little bit, so... Kendall, give me a player that really impressed you the last quarter of the season. Uh, last quarter of the season, uh, I was very impressed by Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, when, when Brown kind of went down, uh, I was like, oh, who's going to step up? I was like, is it going to be Bryant? Is it going to be uh, Vance McDonald? Uh, and Smith-Schuster, he, you know, got open. A lot of big plays, you know, versus New England to set up that almost win there. That was huge. And uh, he really, really impressed me. He he is going to be really good for the Steelers. He's going to be a great number two for Brown. You're a great number two for me. <laughs> I hate you. Did I say Jimmy Garoppolo? <laughs> Garoppolo. 
Just because I knew Kyle was going to say it. I'll leave, I'll, I'll leave Kyle. No, Kyle, no I mean, it's okay. I, no, it's it, it, was a, it was this, a joke, He had Kyle. this huge speech prepared. <laughs> I no, just want to hear gone. it. It's, what do you mean it's gone? Um, mine is going to be Nick Foles. Um, Carson Wentz went down week 14. Nick Foles played three games, three or four. Three, I think. Three, right? Three. Yeah. Well, anyway, so in the three games, he, he you know, uh, he, the, the Eagles weren't really playing for much in the, the final game. Um, you know, it's kind of similar to like what happened with the Steelers. They were just on the losing side of, you know, rested players or limited snaps, whatever you call it. But he came in, you know, Carson Wentz went down, this, you know, MVP caliber quarterback that's been lighting it up all year long. And uh, I think the breath was sucked out of a lot of fans' chest. And uh, I think a lot of people forgot that, you know, hey, his backup is a guy who threw for a record seven touchdowns in that uniform, on that field, to a lot less talented receivers. I'm pretty sure Jason Avant was there at that point, so that sums up that. And that was just a few years ago. That wasn't even that so, long ago. But, he, you know, he got the job done in the two games that they needed to win to secure first-round bye and home field advantage, and he got the job done. I was very impressed with his his poised to come in and you know he he did enough you know he didn't wow anybody with his numbers i mean i think i think he threw five touchdowns and two picks but still he got en- he did enough to get the job done and secure yeah, them wasn't and, afraid to throw the ball and be conservative yeah. so i i hope um that falls coming in and playing well doesn't take away from what Wentz did this season i don't think it will because because once was incredible he he was a to me, the best quarterback in the league until he got hurt. This is going to earn me a shot, but I really want to use the analogy. I don't think a lot of people are going to forget forget that Wentz handmade the cake, even though Foles frosted it. I, I thought like it was that. a good analogy. I like that. Souls. I'm you can't going. say Jimmy Garoppolo. I already said it. I'm going with him. Okay. You do a shot, then. I don't give a f- The guy won four games for a team that had two wins before... The last four games of the year. Yeah. I, I, it's fine. I, I knew what you <laughs> meant. It just made me th- made me think. <laughs> he scored 44 points against possibly the best defense in football in Jacksonville. He secured the ball. Didn't make a lot of mistakes. This tastes like a candy, and I can't figure out which candy it is. Kendall, can you, have you had any of this yet? I had a taste, but I'll have another. It, uh, I don't know. It's got like a fruity candy, and then like it burns like a mother... He doesn't have... Good weapons, but he made them work. Imagine what happens if he if they bring weapons in San Francisco. I don't. They don't need to bring weapons. He's a product of the system that's built entirely around just throw some people out there to catch the football, and then we will make them stars. That's what he's going to do. <laughs> yep. None of those receivers, none of the receivers, with the exception of Randy Moss, were stars before Tom Brady, and then they were stars after. Oh, Ocho Cinco. That is no. That, Ocho Cinco was garbage. He Chad got worse John, with Tom Brady. Chad Johnson was a star. But I mean, like Wes Welker was average in Miami, yeah, and then he, he became a star. I mean, Edelman became a star. I mean, he's a product of the system, but he he was a, he's a star. Gronkowski's a star. Well, Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is only in his first year, and he Brandon Cooks still had twelve hundred yards receiving this year. I mean, did he really? Yeah. Wow. Brandon Cooks had a lot of yards That's receiving like this year. Sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> He had a lot of yards receiving this year. He just didn't really like score. Just yeah, he just wasn't a touchdown threat. But you didn't need him to be. He was he was exactly what he was for New Orleans. He was the guy that got you from the twenty yard line to the red zone, and then everybody else did the score. Yeah. And I'm okay. I'd be okay with being that guy. Mark, my, you got uh, anybody? My my so not surprised, but my player for the last quarter was Kareem Hunt. Kind of in the middle of the season, he 
not died down, but he cooled off after his explosive start. It tastes like Skittles and a fireball. <laughs> I can't figure it out. And then, uh, you know, the last few games of the year, he was able to turn it on again. I believe he secured the rushing title for this season. Yeah, he did. So, I mean, good for him. He had a great season. I, I hope he can keep it up. Years. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave mock to this one while we go around the horn. Uh, we'll make him go last for our, our players we were disappointed with in the last quarter of the season. So, Mark, I want you to look this up for me. But when was the last time two rookies, or like when was the last time we had back-to-back seasons where rookies held the rushing title? Because it was Elliott last year and Hunt this year. Both rookies. And, I mean, I can't think of a recent time that that's happened. Especially when you look at, you know, the past decade and a half, you look at running backs like Adrian Peterson, LaShawn McCoy, in the earlier part of that, LaDainian Tomlinson. Like, these, these players dominated their position for a very long time. I don't know. It's if it if it's ever happened, it probably happened in like the sixties. So while Mox checking into that, Kendall, uh, who have you been disappointed with the, the last four games of the season? Um, last four games of the season, uh, and you know, I, I'm going to kind of sum it up into a hole for me. Uh, but Doug Baldwin, you know, guy coming off of two a thousand yard seasons. You know, granted, you know he had 900 yards, but just. I feel as though he, he he wasn't getting open, he wasn't catching the balls, you know, you know, when given the opportunities, and he kind of played second fiddle to uh, McKissick and this. Did I say that right? Yeah, McKissick, and uh, the other guy's name's escaping me now. Um, Mike Davis. No, I, I'll have to come back to it. But I mean, to be a number one receiver and then not not be well, the guy. My big thing, I think, the team finally figured out Seattle. Well, yeah, and I, I get like they, they couldn't run the ball, so you might as well play like seven defensive and backs. I, I will concede to that that not having Marshawn in the past two years. I mean, it sets up the the play action so much. But I mean, and if the line is just so bad, right? But I mean, if you if you want to be a number one and consider a number one receiver, and then and you're not getting open and you're not you're not producing, I just I, he was disappointing to me. The other thing with Seattle, um, their defense wasn't as scary this year as it's always been. You know, the guys are getting older. It happens. Two of them might be done for the career. Chancellor's probably done. Who's the other one? Um, Averill. Averill. You know. Um, Sherman got hurt. Sherman got hurt. Um, they're, they're just getting old. So, you know, the the Legion of Boom isn't as scary as it was, say, three, four years ago. Kendall and I have said it for years. And we've said it before Richard Sherman, and we'll continue to say it after Richard Sherman. The level of dominance for an elite cornerback is very short. It window. is. It's, it's, if you want to be an elite cornerback, you need to be a Charles Tillman slash Champ Bailey type quarterback or cornerback. You need to be somebody who is a pass defense first, you know, man coverage, cover him like a blanket, and not go for interceptions. The guys who don't have the picks have the long-lasting successful careers. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Tillman probably would have played another four years if he didn't get riddled with bicep injuries. I mean, the guy tore his bicep twice in two years out. Um, but, I mean, but Champ Bailey had a long, successful career. I mean, you, you look at cert- certain players had a shorter – I mean, like the Asante Samuels and stuff like that. Like all, He was a pick machine. Yeah, I mean, but how long was his dominance? Three, four years, really. Yeah. I couldn't find the stat. You, you are a disgrace. Yeah, we'll have to look into it. Uh, <laughs> Souls, you got somebody that you're disappointed in? Yeah, Cam Newton. He got his number one target back in Greg Olson. And I feel like his numbers got worse. He, the Ram, sorry, the Panthers. Ooh, shot. Shut up. <laughs> shot. The Panthers 
barely can score points. They can barely move the ball up and down the field, even with Greg Olson. They traded Calvin Benjamin for no reason because it hurt their team. It just, Cam couldn't complete a pass. He was like, his last few games, he was like 21 for like 63 with like two picks and maybe one touchdown. Yeah, the Panthers, they they got, they looked like red hot again for a little while and skidded into the playoffs. I think they were really high up in McCaffrey producing as a running back. As a receiving, as a receiver, he played well. But I think, hey, this is a guy who would take a load off Stewart, you know, McCaffrey. But he, I'd love to know what his rushing yards at the end of the year was. He I didn't think have much. 500 yards, 400 yards. No, I think, I think like, I think tons of backups had more. I think Russell Wilson had more than him. Cam Newton had more than him. Tariq Cohen from the Bears had more than him. Yeah, and like, what a, what a disappointment. That, that's a guy to be disappointed in. Well, he McCaffrey. was like, like, they wanted him to be the catching back so they could, you know, make well, Cam not throw the ball 100 yards every time. Well, that's, the, I, I think, um, to kind of go with what you're both saying, I think going forward, McCaffrey's going to have more of a rushing role. This season, I, he had it, but they still had Stewart, and Stewart played decently. You know, he wasn't great, but McCaffrey, I think, going forward will have more of that lead-back role as he matures into it. He had 435 rushing yards, but he had 80 receptions. Which is, but, which is good, good, but I mean, the other thing, too, is he averaged 8 yards per reception, but, I mean, 80 receptions for only 600 yards, I mean, yeah, that's it's kind of also, like, not that impressive in my eyes. I mean, especially when you consider... The amount of screens, the amount of you know slants over the middle. <laughs> yeah, he's not going down the field and right, running exactly. Those in. Like this isn't you know he's not. The, I mean he had he probably did catch a you know I didn't watch a lot of Panthers games this year, but I'm sure he had some you know 40, 50 yard receptions lining out outside. He had a lot of like two or three yards. Right, but he so, turned into yeah. But I don't know. Um, so yeah, um, I guess I'll go because I promised Mocky to go last. Uh, mine is Kirk Cousins. Kendall hit him with the wooey. Wooey. So, yeah, Kirk Cousins pretty much, I mean, like, I know it kind of ended for them pretty early on. They couldn't really get it going, but he played in a pretty abysmal last four games. He eclipsed the 200-yard mark once, and he went 6-5 and five for touchdowns to pick ratio. I think he gave up. Either way, it's disappointing. Including, including 150 yards and three picks to the Giants in the last game of the season. Which, I mean, I know the game didn't mean anything to either team, but still. We got to. It still has to mean something to Cousins because he's playing for a contract. Yeah. So I mean, whether they were in the playoff hunt or not, he was looking for his next deal. Yeah, and there's plenty of teams that were on the cusp that yeah. are looking for a quarterback. I mean, or you know, made it or on the cusp. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jacksonville looking for a quarterback. Buffalo is probably going to be looking for a quarterback. Denver. Denver. Arizona. Arizona will be now. Um, all kinds the of teams. desert. <laughs> My uh, my disappointing player. I think Fitzgerald will play as long as he has a white quarterback. <laughs> I do. That's my that's my guess. As long as a white quarterback is signed there, I think he'll play. My uh, my disappointing player is going to be uh, Dak Prescott. You know he was playing pretty well. Zeke left. He looked horrible for the six games. He just did not look good. And uh, you know the hype was Zeke's coming back. They're still going to make that playoff push, and he still looked bad. Um, I think he's kind of not, not to say he's going to stay bad, but he didn't look at all this season. Like he did last year. Elliot's his crutch, perhaps. That's it. You know, he, he, to me, he's almost like Alex Smith. He, he's a game manager. Well, he doesn't think, turn the ball over. I think Dak Prescott 
and the Cowboys won't see postseason success until they get rid of Des Bryant. I agree. I don't think there's anything. I think Des Bryant is a top tier receiver. I know Mike Mock does not think that. I think Des Bryant is a top tier receiver, but he's not playing in the right system. He thrived under a quarterback like Tony Romo, but Dak Prescott's not the quarterback for him. That's fair. Des is dominant to me, at least from what I see in the red zone. Between the twenties, I don't think he's that good in the red zone. He because he's big and physical. He bullies people in the red zone, and he gets touchdowns. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I think he's like an Alshon Jeffrey. He's a, like you said, he's a big and physical. He's the guy. He's not the guy that like the Cowboys like to do because Dak Prescott doesn't take the deep shots as often or throw in between the hashes that much. He's the he's the guy that you throw the ball up in the air for and you let him go get it. You just throw it up and you make him go get it. Whether it's a ten yard pass, a, a sixty yard pass, or a red zone shot. Any of them, that's the, and that's that's much like what Alshon Jeffrey is. He's the guy you throw the ball up in the air and you tell him to go get it, and you trust he's going to come down with it. And that's not what Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott bring to the table for them. He needs to go to a team like, um, I think he would be absolutely fantastic in a like a Carolina Panthers offense. I think he'd be really good because he's a good run blocker. He's a great leader, and if you put him out there. You know, you give him like the funchest guy type of receiver that can run the deep route or slant across the middle. And then you have Greg Olson, who's the possession slash yard eater down the field. You got McCaffrey for dump off options. And now you got Des Bryant. You, you tell him to go run those routes where he's going to have to go up and get the ball. And I think he'd be successful. And that that's something we might see next year. Des might not be back in Dallas next year. <laughs> he might be a cap casualty type deal. So, so we'll sum it up with that disappointing and all that stuff um now we're not uh we, we talked about some before the show doing some award predictions anybody have any predictions they'd like to make you want to do uh mvp sure we'll do mvp so mine is going to be not exciting and you know i'm a big bummer on this but it's uh tom brady Boo. i'm booing as well but the thing is it's just he always has a good year. Uh, I have his stats up actually for that. He's got 32 touchdowns and eight picks. I don't know how many yards he threw for, but enough to lead the league. Enough, yeah, enough to lead the league at 40 years old. I just and unfortunately with Wentz, oldest player to ever lead the league in passing yards. Yes, with Wentz going down, with Watson going down, guys who are poised to ha- kind of have amazing numbers. I feel as though he kind of and he just stole the show. So it's a bummer, but he'll he'll win the MVP. I feel. See, the, the MVP award, I know we've said this on the show, I, I hate that it's just a stat-driven award, because it shouldn't be. For me, Todd Gurley is this year's MVP. You look at what the Rams were last year, and him playing as well as he is this year, I think elevated golf, the rest of the offense, the defense came together, I, I think Gurley single-handedly turned that team around. He also had the stats for it, though. He does. He has great numbers. Over thirteen hundred yards, thirteen rushing touchdowns, over two thousand yards total. Yards from yeah, scrimmage. Yeah, seven hundred eighty-eight receiving yards and six receiving touchdowns. Well, we talked about this with the NBA show, though, and other shows we've done, though. It it'll, it won't matter. That's how the I entire know. sports world is. It's just driven by numbers and numbers and stuff. That's why, I like the NHL, I've always liked that because they have a trophy for the person who amassed the best stats, the best point total they have a, a trophy for the you know most goals and then they have the the, the the mvp trophy which so you know you don't have to rely on the stats because you've yeah. already given a trophy to the guy who scored the most points right that's noted that has been put in the record books it's, it's put to bed now we know that you know blah 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 from canada most likely <laughs> scored the most goals or assisted the most you know points this season now let's look at the guy who actually made an impact for their team yeah 
Kyle, you have someone or is it just Todd Gurley as well? Yeah, Todd Gurley. That's fair. That's fair. So we did. Is that another shot? Because he's repeating people. Yeah. yeah. No, I just don't get to go <laughs> first. <laughs> All right. Well, Kyle, fine. We'll let you do. We'll let you start off with defensive player of the year. All right. Okay. You're gonna say yours? No, I just told you to go first. No, for MVP. Oh, I still think it's Carson Wentz. Okay. My defensive player of the year is Cleus Campbell. See, that's what I was thinking. You take a shot. Repeated what I said in my head. <laughs> nope. Eighty-seven total tackles, fourteen and a half sacks, and three forced fumbles. Got to the quarterback a lot. He made. The secondary looked better because he was able to pressure the quarterback. They weren't out there covering for 10 seconds. He's, he was a monster in the middle. Stopped the run all the time. Big part of why the Jaguars' defense looked that good. It's hard to argue with. I mean, the guy played great all season. And Jacksonville, their defense this year stepped up. They looked great. You have anybody then, Mark, or is that who you're going with? Um, I'm going to say Aaron Donald from... The L.A. Rams. Um, I believe last year he kind of had like a down season last year, didn't he? Down for him, but it's still that's good. That's right. Still good, but like it was kind of down. He was he held out the whole preseason, started slow, and now he just... He missed the first game. Is that what it was? He, he missed week one, came out, and has just been a force on the defensive line for them. He's been great. Um, that's my defensive player of the year. So from Tennessee... Kevin Byard, not really turning a lot of heads. He tied Slay with a leader in picks with eight, which is kind of middle of the pack. He had 87 tackles. Um, but for a guy, Titans defense, not really turning any heads, kind of middle of the pack defense. I think he was a bright spot and, you know, provided, you know, turnovers for that team. And it's kind of why they're in the playoffs, whether they deserve it or not. So those stats are not amazing. I think he's impactful and, you know, perhaps deserving of uh, – consideration Paul uh, mine's Demarcus Lawrence from the Cowboys um, he had a pretty fantastic year um, without him um, the Cowboys don't win nine games this season uh, because the offense at times failed to, to score points and their secondary was a disaster for more than most of the season um, throughout as the season progressed their young guys and, the, and their young DBs stepped up and started playing better but, I mean, Lawrence recorded 14 and a half sacks. He only had 58 tackles. But, I mean, as a defensive end, that, I mean, you're not really going to be the guy that's recording 100 tackles in a season. But, I mean, he had, you know, he had a couple pass deflections. He forced four fumbles. And he had 14 and a half sacks. And, I mean, anytime a Cowboys game was on, he was an absolute menace in the backfield. I mean, I don't have stats for... You know, this is always a, a not a hard stat to find, but one that doesn't really like list it as commonly. You have to actually go look for it. But the thing too is, I wouldn't be surprised to see his name in the top three for quarterback hurries, quarterback knockdowns, yeah. you know, pocket presence, things like that. You know, offensive linemen. You know, like it's unfortunate because it's like it's like sacks and that's it. You know, yeah, and he was a complete disruptive force the the whole time. Whereas a lot of these players that tend to finish in the top of the sack category are the guys that. They either are being blocked the entire time, or they get there. Right. It's much like you know, like I, that's how Von Miller kind of was this season. Von Miller either got to the quarterback or he was nowhere close. But you know, I feel like Demarcus Lawrence was pretty much always within arm's length of the quarterback at all times. Uh, what about some Roy, some Rookie of the Year? For me, it's uh, Alvin Kamara. From the Saints. <laughs> what? No, no, no that's good. <laughs> um, I mean, this guy, like, 
came out of nowhere. I think he finished the season with over a thousand yards rushing and receiving. No, it, he had to have been close. I, I can't remember. He only the had number. 1,500 all-purpose yards. Oh, or like so. he like. So that, him and that's what, the that's only what duo to, to running back duo to finish with 1,500. All purpose yards is very deceiving. He might have had like 807. Well, no yards. From, yeah, all purpose yards. He might have had 2,000, but that's that. Yeah, that's because that's kickoff punt kick returns. Punt, exactly. Yeah. Scrimmage yards. He wasn't. He wasn't. Clo- I don't think he was close to 2,000. I think he maybe he hit like 15, like 84 or something. But I mean, even still, you look at what he did this season. Um, him and Ingram. I mean, there was like no pressure for Breeze to go out and have to throw 40 passes a game. And yeah, get, it pissed me off. You know, he Breeze didn't need to go out and get five thousand passing yards this year. They had two backs that were killing it. Kamara looked great. You know what angers me? If you look at a lot of the MVP races, they have Kamara in the top ten, and Mark Ingram isn't even close. Or Mel, or, yeah, Mark Ingram is with Melvin Ingram. Mark Ingram isn't even close. That's that's horseshit. That's because Kamara Kamara really did his damage on like kind of like late game long run breakoffs and, and second down and, and, and receptions, but. Ingram, he was doing the dirty he work. Was con- he was a consistent, like, four and a half yards a carry type of guy. When you have a running back who's averaging four and a half yards a carry, you don't have to throw the ball. That's what I mean. They, there was no pressure for Breeze this season to put the game on his back and go out and have to sling the ball like he's had to in the past, which, to me, makes the Saints scary going into the playoffs because Breeze can turn that on at any point. If he decides, I need to throw, that's it. He's going to throw all over you. Kyle, would you like to go next, or do you want me to give it to Kendall? I'd like to go. I feel like he has the same one. Mine's Kareem Hunt. No, it's not mine. Well, no? Then I'll go next, because I might have it. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So I have Kareem Hunt had 1,300 yards rushing and eight touchdowns. Every time Kareem Hunt had a big game, the Chiefs won. And every time he didn't, the Chiefs lost. So obviously he was a big reason for that, of that team. He's, he's basically the X factor, and... If he was on, the team did pretty well. And, it's... and I tell you, if, if they didn't change up their play calling so much, he probably would have had over 1,600 yards. In the middle of the season, there was I think he had two or three games where he would get less than 10 carries. And they lost those games. One of them was against the Giants. I think he had nine carries. It was horrible. Because well, like, him running the ball was able to open up the field for you know Tyreek Hill. And they just stopped. They just wanted to throw yeah, I don't know. They they shied away from him for a while, and, it, and it, I don't know if they were trying to cut down his carries because he was getting a lot early on. He was getting a lot of touches, so I don't know if they're just trying to limit him. But they started losing games, and then they gave him the ball back, and they started winning it. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. Kendall, mine. It's a bias. Juju Smith Schuster. So I'm looking at this, and I've, it's actually a battle between. I don't I have to look at the stats. It might be a correction, but it had Cooper Cup actually listed as the Cooper leader. Cup. Cooper Cup. Fun name to say, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. But here, I found on a different list, Smith Schuster as the leader with 917 yards and seven touchdowns. Wow. Seven versus, touchdowns. Versus Cup's five touchdowns. Receiving and, touchdowns or all-purpose touchdowns? You know, it might be all-purpose touchdowns, and that's what I'm getting confused with. But be that as it may, I don't think Cooper Cup has any rushing touchdowns. So I give it to Smith Schuster as a Steelers bias. He's good at blocking, too. That's right. Juju, he's going to be really good for the Steelers. Absolutely. Knock on wood, the wood located in GDH Woodworking Studio. And he's only 20. This he is, rides a bike. Not anymore. He got his license. <laughs> this is the perfect place, this studio, to do like no jinxes or whatever. You know, he's got <laughs> wood, wood everywhere. <laughs> the wood sitting right next to me looks like it came from a ship that they picked up off the ocean floor. They did. That's driftwood. 
Paul, do you have one? Yeah, mine's not going to be popular, and it's not going to be right, but I'm still going to say it anyway, and I don't give a f- It's Ryan Ramchick. Yeah, you guys are all looking at me. All right. Offensive lineman for the Saints. Yeah, you didn't know that, Kyle. You're right. I know. Um, he had it written on out his of form. Wisconsin. He didn't know. You know, he only knew that because he was looking up Rookie of the Year candidates before we did the show. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, you did. Don't lie to me, Kyle. I was going to be Kareem Hunt the entire time. That's not what I said. I said that you only knew the name because we were I only looking looked up Kareem Hunt stats. No, you didn't. Um, and I don't want to look through your history because there's some gross things about like you know busty foot on there or something. Um, <laughs> That'd be hot. But busty foot two K eighteen. Kamara is not even in the dis- is isn't in discussions at all if it's not for Ramchek in the offensive line. I mean, it's I know it's the offensive line as a whole, but Ramchek really came in as a and really cemented his his ground immediately and. Did great in pass protection, did great in screens, did run well in run blocking. The whole nine yards did fantastic. Now, is the whole nine yards a phrase that's like frowned upon in the NFL because you need 10 yards for a first down? <laughs> no, but it's funny that you mentioned that. That's actually a World War I uh, reference. I'd go into it further, but I don't know more about it other than that. <laughs> okay, that's fair, I guess. We'll save it. You know what kind of bugs me, though, about the rookie of the year? And I mean, I know it's all, you know, you can't predict the way the NFL season goes or whatever. Kamara wouldn't even be close if Deshaun Watson played the whole season. Uh, it's funny you say that, because I was just going to bring that point up, that if Deshaun played the whole season, he probably would have ran away with it. He still had 19 touchdowns. Yeah, if Deshaun Watson played the whole season, we'd be talking about him in the MVP candidacy. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> he he was killing it. Even even Fournette. If I he mean, played Forn- the whole season, we, we would have been talking about the Texans in the wild card instead of the Bills. Oh, yeah. No offense, Kendall. None taken. He also loved the Texans. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, if, if Watson played the whole seat, they could have won that division. Okay. You true, know? True, true. All right, so let's do uh, we'll do the, the Opoi, the Offensive Player of the Year Award. Kyle Souls, who do you got? I'm giving it to Todd Gurley. Can't. I did. You gave MVP to him. Does it matter? Yes, it does. They don't give MVP and Offensive Player of the Year to the same person. When? Find me a time they did. Well, while he's doing <laughs> that, I'm going to go. Okay. Um... Since Todd Gurley is the MVP, my offensive player of the year is going to be Le'Veon Bell. That's fair. He had a great season. Um, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but racked up yards, had a lot of touchdowns. He played great. Big, big factor for why the Steelers win as many games as they do. I hate to be this guy. Oh, Souls, do you want to go? No, go ahead. No, he's still looking. Still, I hate to be this guy. I'm never this guy. Um, but... I'm going to just pump up the Steelers more. Uh, Antonio Brown finished as the receiving yards leader. You're um, a real homer today, aren't you? Uh, big time, big time. <laughs> well, it's, it's tough. The Souls it's, effect. It's tough, yeah. I, I'm stuck in the, the, the Soulsiolis effect here in the room. Soulsiolis, huh? <laughs> you can go ahead and slide this over to you. But a shout-out to the Soulsiolis effect. It kind of falls on everyone. But it just, you know, a, a team offensively that was so successful in the half portion of the season um, – and. It's a big product of, you know, Ben targeting him, him, you know, big time. But, you know, a big portion of touchdowns and points and, you know, a big threat on the field. So, you know, Brown. <laughs> I don't know. I, Homer Simpson, whatever you want to call it. There you go. Take that shot. Kyle, you ready? <laughs> Is it Jimmy Garoppolo? Is that what you want to say? I'm not saying it's never happened. I'm just asking Kyle to prove me. That's all. Well, doesn't mean it can't happen. Just pick a different person. Or would you like to go, go first, Paul? <laughs> um, so, it's funny. I'm almost going to go against myself here with the argument for Kyle. Um, I want to say Carson Wentz only because I know he's not going to win MVP. 
I do feel it's going to be Tom Brady. I think Carson Wentz deserves it. I agree. More than anybody else in the NFL. Um, but because I said Carson Wentz for MVP, I'll say Tom Brady for Offensive Player of the Year. Gross. He still led the league in passing. Um, he still threw, you know, a, a reputable <laughs> amount of touchdowns. He's going to get one of the awards. Yeah, he's going to get one of the awards, you know, even if it's Hottest Wife Award. Um, Come on, Brooke Decker? You don't think Giselle's hot? Nah. Is it because she's dating or married to no. Tom Brady? It's not. I think it is. It's not. I think it is. It's not. So she's why don't you think she's hot? We're, gonna t- we're changing the show. This is not about the NFL <laughs> anymore. You think Giselle's ugly? I didn't say she's so ugly. So you think she's average looking? Yeah. For a second, imagine a, a podcast where we just analyze <laughs> players' wives. <laughs> Tune in next week. So, yeah, there is a thing called that. It's called BET. <laughs> All right, Kyle. Take You're out down, of time. BET. What do you got? So I'm going to change it. I'm not going to be pretty. I'm going with Case Keenum. Oh, gross. He, had, he was very good for the Vikings. 12 and 4. Had 22 touchdowns to 7 picks. 3,000 yards. 13 yard. and 3. What? Did they finish 13 and 3? Shot. No, they did because the Eagles went 13 and 3. They went 12 and 4. I think they both went 13 and 3. I'm pretty they sure both. every team that got a bye went 13 and 3. Look it up. Oh, <laughs> shot. Shot. <laughs> I think every team that got a bye went 13 and 3. We might. It's either going to be three shots or one shot. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. That's what we thought. <laughs> they should have went twelve. And oh, okay. Oh, my bad. Just, Just like Garrett Blunt should have went to Detroit. Should have. <laughs> that team would have benefited greatly from him. Tell me I'm wrong. You're well, wrong. I mean, they would have done way better with him. Now, Just, can I actually? Um, I gotta pull it up real quick. But um, pull it out. Case Keenum <laughs> deserves love. I like and he'll Case Keenum from his left and right hand. He's got a wife, girlfriend. I don't know. Kyle, to to dial back really quick, was it you who wrote the note for last week's show for Maurice Moses? Whatever. Who gives a shit? Who, he's never gonna be a player to be named again. I think that's another shot because that's not his name. Yeah, but you don't have to like <laughs> like bring Kyle home. <laughs> Make it a baby shot, souls. I'm gonna call you out every time. You, see you, you next like time to you bring up the Giants, Yankees. <laughs> You're taking a shot. That's all you reference. <laughs> so you better be real careful, bitch. Welcome to our sub-podcast, the <laughs> Machine Soulsable Show. All about splitting one another. <laughs> Wait till you bring up the Giants or Yankees. So, uh, it was brought to my attention that uh, since the season's over, it would be interesting to recap on an article posted by the Getting Sports with Drunk crew, uh, myself specifically, the sophomore uh, star or slump article that I posted, or that I believe Machine actually posted it. But um, so we'll kind of go through that really quickly, um, just to you know, kind of recap on it, see see how it turned out. So I don't think it's gonna be very pretty, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> so we started off with uh oh, oh the phone's phone's not reacting very well to this. Um, started off with uh, Carson Wentz. I predicted that he would be a star. I personally believe I was correct. I agree. I agree. Agreed. Excellent. Excellent. Gets better as it goes. <laughs> um. All right. This one's going to be fun. I like this one a lot. Dak Prescott. Predicted star status. Souls? He wasn't a star, but he wasn't a bust. You got to pick one or the other. You got to pick star or slump? Slump. 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 I disagree, and it's not because I said it, not because I predicted it, because yes, while he didn't play as great as he did the year before in terms of like ball security, he still finished the year 
north of 3,000 yards. He still threw over 20 touchdowns. Yes, he threw more interceptions. But you have to keep in mind, you're looking at a team that really after Elliott went down, it's pretty much just him because the defense was not playing that well with the exceptions of Demarcus Lawrence. He still managed to rush for over 350 yards and six touchdowns. So he wasn't a star in terms of just quarterback skill. But, I mean, Russell Wilson and Cam Newton necessarily don't always have star years, but they do because of their rushing. I, See, th- um, I, still, th- I still think he had a star performance. Stat-wise, I mean, that that looking at the stats, that doesn't sound bad. But I know, like, I watched quite a bit of Cowboys games this year. He didn't look as sharp as he did last year. Like, he wasn't no, making I agree with throws. You. It, his stats, yeah, he finished with a good stat line. I agree with you, but because I, we're only allowed to pick one, I'm going to pick star over slump. I think I think the I think he was above average, and above average weighs more towards star than it does slump, in my opinion. All right, number three, Hunter Henry. Star. I believe uh, the Riddler starts with what he has to say first. Yeah, I predicted <laughs> slump season. Souls. Star. Star. Slump. Slump. I also say slump. 45 receptions for 570 yards, four touchdowns on a team that was hucking the ball pretty good. As a partial fantasy owner of Hunter Henry, I am very versed in his disappointment. But the thing was, all their weapons stayed healthy. That, so he wasn't and the, he got hurt. So who cares? If if like, if like everyone was healthy, then in, if he was being as successful as was last year, then he'd be a part of that success. But you got to understand, when Keenan Allen's on the field, Philip Rivers only throws to him. That's not true, though. Because Keenan Allen Allen has been healthy before, and Antonio Gates was still the the reception eater. Philip Rivers loves the tight end position, much like Tom Brady does. Keenan Allen, yes, healthy Keenan Allen makes a huge difference. But it's been proven for years that Philip Rivers, regardless of who is playing at the wide receiver position, loves to throw to the tight end. And he highlighted Hunter Henry a lot last year. Not really. He had better stats this year than he did last year. Mm, Let's see. Would you care? Would you care to wager a shot on that? Sure, I've been taking them all night. Might as well <laughs> keep going. That's fine. So five hundred and seventy-nine yards, four touchdowns. Last year he finished with four hundred and seventy-eight yards and eight touchdowns. The shot well, is yours. He had more yards. He had twice as many touchdowns. So, because Allen was healthy, Terrell Williams was healthy. Okay, so as a fantasy owner, let me ask you: Would you prefer a guy to have a hundred more yards or four more touchdowns? Honestly, in the tight end, it doesn't really even matter. It does, because what your do you tight mean? end scores touchdowns. What does it mean? Tight ends usually don't give you much, except if you're Gronk or Gronk. That's not true either. I mean, yeah. yeah. Name, me a good, name me two other good tight ends. Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Okay. And even Jim Graham. Greg Jim Olson. Graham. Yeah, but Greg Olson was hurt all but year. It's, but he's still a good tight Jim end. Jim Graham hasn't been the same since he went to New Orleans, so he's been pretty much a bustle. He went to Seattle. Year. Yeah, and Jim Graham also had... <laughs> I said from New Orleans. Okay, Jim, Jim, Jim Graham also had a pretty inordinate amount of touchdowns this year. He did. But for like 400 yards. Okay. Been, there were seven or eight weeks where he had nothing. He gave you like two or three points. Okay, I understand that, but his numbers his numbers aren't better than last year's because he had 100 more yards. He, he had seven more receptions than he did last year. For 100 more yards and four less and touchdowns. a big reason because all the receivers were healthy. And Melvin Gordon was very good. But Melvin Gordon got hurt. Not he, for one period of time this year. No, but he was hurt on and off. And none of their receivers are really big end zone threats. He still targeted Keenan Allen all the time in the end zone. Okay, so 
Let's, let me get this straight. Your argument is because the receivers were healthy, Hunter Henry was a star. No, I'm saying that Hunter Henry it was still had a star year, more than a slump year. He took bigger strides. I'm not like he's still he was better in blocking. I think if he didn't get hurt, he would have had more of a. But he still played here. 14 games. So I mean, her, that then that that that's the Melvin Gordon debate. I mean, Melvin Gordon probably. Yeah, but like the tight end position, you'd have to block. I understand that, but well, yeah, but like the reason why the running game was so good was better in San Los Angeles this year because he was blocking. Okay, Kyle. We'll just go with what you say. What we can't agree to disagree. It's fine. Robert Kelly, slump performance was my prediction. Slump, slump, slump. I don't think I even heard his name this year. Played seven games. He was hurt and didn't really put up the numbers. Played seven games, three touchdowns for less than two hundred yards on the season. I mean, injury sucks, but I don't. I don't think he would have been a star even if he played sixteen games. I think we determined that that, that Thompson, if he didn't get hurt, he seemed like he was the guy. Yeah, he was looking good. He was uh, one the receiving back than the running back. Well, that that's fair, but you know, regardless. All right, uh, Jordan Howard prediction star. 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 I agree. Bias. Uh, number six, Michael Thomas. Prediction slump. Star. 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 I thought he was going to suffer a lot with the absence of Brandon Cooks and playing in a much more competitively defensive and it's a, it, division. And it was kind of surprising because Breeze didn't throw as much as he normally did this year. Yeah, he pretty much just threw to him. And Thomas still looked good. Yeah. Uh, Joey Bosa. Prediction star. 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 All right. Uh, Eli Apple. Quarterback. Prediction star. Slump. Slump. <laughs> uh, number nine. Uh, Canoe Neal. Prediction slump. <laughs> Wait, who? Keanu Neal. Keanu Neal. Safety from the second half. I don't even know. Irrelevant. I'm gonna say star. I'm going to say I'm, star as well. I'm Hit sorry. Tackle six pass deflections in a pick. As a safety. Star, I guess. I mean, that's... Eight tackles is a lot. It's I mean, decent as granted, a safety. Granted, a safety usually has a, a higher number uh, for, you know, you got to consider pretty much any, almost any pass more than five yards, the safety is yeah. a viable option for the tackler. And any run that gets outside of the offensive line is a safety's... I would say star as well. Yeah, I think so. And then last but not least, with a star prediction, Jalen Ramsey. Star. Mega star. Uh, star. Yeah. yeah, he's good. Yeah. I, I think, think he's very good. Very good. Thought. All right, so we're kind of we're kind of running out of time here. So uh, to, we'll wrap up the show. Um, but real quick, you know, we're not going to go into the depths of the, the postseason at all, like predictions or whatnot, other than our soups to, you know, our end of the year Super Bowl predictions. So, uh, so who's going to the Super Bowl? Steelers, Vikings. Who's winning? Steelers. Okay. Mock? Rams, Jags. Rams win. All right. Uh, Patriots, Eagles. Eagles get it done, uh, but Patriots win. What? Oh, I, what I meant was with the backup quarterback, they make it to the, the Super Bowl, but Patriots yeah. win. Um, I'm going to say Patriots, Vikings. Patriots win. Um, and then I was informed we did have another segment that Souls had prepared. Souls wanted to do some a coach segment, so we'll let him do his coach rants. Well, do you guys want to all participate, or? Well, it's too late. We already talked about it. We're pose, doing pose a question, Kyle. What do you got? Well, I was just saying, like a bunch of coaches got fired already. Who do you think's gonna go where? 
like Chicago Bears. They want a quarterback guru of a coach to help Mitch Trubisky. So I think Josh McDaniels ends up in Chicago. See, McDaniels is a is an odd thing because he's kind of set up to like take over the Patriots whenever Belichick decides to go. So I mean, does does he kind of hold out for that? So McDaniels already gave it a shot in Denver, had limited success, but I don't know. You know, I think the Bears shop for head coaching outside of experienced NFL coaches. Like David Shaw from Stanford. I don't know who, but I just think they shop outside. The last time they shopped outside of the NFL for a head coach, it was terrible for the team as a whole. But in terms of offensive production, it's what they were looking for. And if that's the route they want to go, I think that they look to keep a very strong-minded defensive coordinator and find a coach that's going to be an offensive-minded player. The Bears have not really been an offensive-minded team in an offensive era of football against a very offensive-minded division. So it might be time for them. Yeah. I personally think they should go after Matt Patricia. But. Real quick, I know we have a limited amount of time, but I agree with that, Paul. Bears always been successful with a defensive-minded head coach, and that's an interesting thing you just said there. Is I, I didn't really think that Patricia was even considered as a head coach. I remember Souls and I talked about it, and I was surprised when I he think said it's like, it. I think it's like what Mark said with the Mike Daniels thing. I think it's just, either of them are poised to be the head coach of the Patriots when Belichick decides mm-hmm. to go out, and even if they don't want the job. They got a pretty good gig going in New England winning yeah. football games. Yeah. As long as Tom Brady's taking the snap, they're winning football games. Yeah. So I don't really I don't think either of them leave, but I think if they if they wanted to find success again in Chicago Bears football, I think they should look after Well, look for, they'd break the streak cuz the one knock on Bill Belichick as a head coach is that none of his disciples have had success outside of football anywhere. Outside of the Patriots, you mean? Outside of the Patriots. I don't know what, what, I, don't know what I just said. said outside of football. Yeah, that, that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> outside of the Patriots. got a pretty mean beard. Outside of the Patriots, no coach under his tutelage has ever had success. Where do you think Del Rio goes? I think he's a coordinator somewhere. Agreed. Yeah. I think he'll be a head coach. Um, I don't know where, but I don't blame him for the bad season. It was a down year for Carr. He was battling injuries. And he really only got fired so the Raiders can bring in Gruden. If Gruden was on the table, Del Rio doesn't get fired. He, he's got to be coming back because so they wouldn't have fired so him. So you're an NFL wasn't. conspiracist. Well, Gruden said too, like the um, when they they asked him about the rumors of him coaching the Raiders next season, and he said the chances are high. And he also said he wants full control. I think Jacques Del Rio becomes the next head coach of the Detroit Lions. That's why I think Patricia goes. Why? Jim Bob Cooter was in New England. He's just going to bring him. He's going to bring him over. I mean, I, I guess I see that reasoning, but. I don't know. I, I just I don't think the I think I don't know. I just don't I don't see the Lions going defensive minded head coach ever. I I have a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Of the the teams that fired coaches, which team is the most attractive offer the for a coach to come into? Probably the Raiders. Young offense, you know, a lot of promise with Carr and Cooper and all that. They just had a bad year. Giants. I think they bounced back. Your Giants. I think the Giants because oh. the Giant, the Giants, they still have Marshall inked up. They, you know, yeah, no, they have the, Odell Beckham Jr. They've got Shepard. They've got Ingram. Very promising. They've got offense. a star-studded, you know, and Darkwa has looked good as the season kind of went on. I, the, the offense is there very much so, and the defense, they were on the field a lot. They didn't play up to to par this year, but that doesn't mean that they won't bounce back. They've got the right pieces, so I, th- I think. I, the, I think the Giants. I mean, the are... Giant, you know, the, the Giants' overall roster is not going to change enough to the point where they're, you know that you can say that 
they're not a playoff contention, if not Super Bowl contending team. They were in the beginning of the season when everybody was healthy. There's no reason to say that they shouldn't. I mean, everybody got injured. That's You can't say that that's the reason that they're not going to be a playoff contending team next year. Yeah, of course, the Eagles are probably going to be good again, but that doesn't mean that you can't have something like what happened in the NFC South. You got three teams just running table in the oh, NFC yeah. pretty much. I think the Giants are an interesting team, but I also think the Bears. The Bears defense kind of surprised a lot of people this year. They're young. You have Trubisky who's young. Howard looks good. Cohen looks good. I mean, for someone to come in, that that's kind of an attractive team. You know, it's a it's a historic team. That's a good job to have. I think that's going to attract coaching prospects in there. Another team would be the Colts. Yeah, Andrew Luck coming back. See, Luck is such a question mark. With the right coach, I think they could do it. What I mean is, you don't know what you're getting with him. He's so good. He's beyond talented. Yeah. But he's always got some freak injury. You know, you just don't know what you're getting. Well, Pagano never built the offensive line. That is a good point. He got hit a lot. And back to the Giants, though. Who do you think will be the next head coach? I have no idea. I just hope so bad that it's not a defensive-minded coach. Let's... I'd like to revisit this after the season's done because I feel like during this span of time, positions are not exactly filled. I mean, sometimes they are, but I don't think everything will be filled. See, I disagree with you, Mark. I think the Giants need a good defensive minded coach. Not like I understand like what McAdoo did and everything like that, but you know, he, he was a more defensive minded coach, if you will, that tried to take the reins on offense and failed miserably at it. I don't think he was really good at either side of the ball, but I think you guys, I. I think the Giants need the defensive-minded coach, much like the Bears do. I think they need a coach that's going to come out, and you got this young defense that's got all the right pieces right now. It's just a matter of putting them in the right spots at the right time and doing the right play calling, and then you just you get a, a decent-to-good offensive play caller. Because you guys don't need an elite offensive person calling the plays. You've got two-time Super Bowl-winning Eli Manning taking the snap, and then you've got four receivers that are more than able to get 1,000 yards a season. If the... I think I think the, the the Giants could very well have three, if not four, thousand yard receivers next year. My my reasoning for that is I think Spagnuolo is one of the best coordinators in the NFL. He's a great defensive coordinator. He was a horrible head coach. I think they should I think they should promote him to head coach with the Giants. He's see I, I would leave him as a coordinator. I see the Giants drafting a young quarterback. I would like to have almost like what Philly did. They brought in an offensive minded coach with a young quarterback coach to work with Wentz it's working kind of mimic that thing groom a quarterback and then you you set up the next not to say you set up the next Eli Manning but you set up you know for the future versus you already have someone good the only the thing though place. if they do go offensive minded I think they go through the college which is fine and uh, but that's the, fine. the guy from Stanford who worked with the Giants is going to either pick Rosen or Darnold oh, please don't pick Sam Darnold and those are the, it's going to be one of those two. And both right. of them didn't win in college. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to it in a later show. Uh, one last one. Where does John Fox go? I think, just retire? I don't know. I think, I think Fox is not done, but I think Fox takes a year off. Okay. I think he's just going to kind of go away. I don't, I don't know who's going to want to bring him in. So? I think he could be a coordinator. Yeah. I'm not going to say the team because you might hit me. What, Lions? Packers? Yeah. They just fired Dom Capers. I'd like to see Dom Capers coach the Bears. That'd be cool. <laughs> Maybe. I see John Fox 
becoming the defensive coordinator for the New England Patriots after Patricia accepts a job elsewhere. You'd have to start growing a beard. <laughs> you can grow one. It'd just be, be nice and white. <laughs> All right. Um. So I know we pushed our, our time limit, but I had one more thing. It'll be really quick. No explanations. Um. What? You know, we've got the wild card weekend coming up. No predictions or anything like that. But what wild card matchup is most intriguing to you? Uh, Buffalo Jacksonville. Buffalo. See if they have some fighting them. I agree with Kendall. Buffalo is going to be fun to watch in the playoffs. Hopefully McCoy can go, but it's going to be fun just to watch them get in there. I'm going to go with New Orleans, Carolina. Agreed. I think it's. I don't think it really mattered which team had home field advantage. I don't think. I think it's just going to be a slugout. And I think one of those two teams make the Super Bowl. Besides, like. I said the Vikings. <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. I said the Vikings. Shut, no, shut. no. Hear me out. All right, fine. Just say what you want. I to said say. the Vikings because I want them in. Okay. All right. Fair. But, but the Panthers and the Saints had the most experienced quarterback in the postseason. No, that's fair. It's it's it. It was just funny. Yeah, I just I want the Vikings in there. That's okay, why I that, said that, it. that's fine. It just you build up something like, but actually, <laughs> um, so I believe uh, Machine Washable has some things he'd like to share with the world. Yes, um, be sure to listen to our friend Peter Pinnell over at the PPR and Radio Network. His own show every Tuesday and Wednesday nights from 7.30 to 10.30. Download the PPRN app or listen on the PPRN Radio Network's website. And be sure to find us on Facebook and Instagram at Getting Sports with Drunk. And Twitter is GSWD underscore four. Make sure to use the hashtag GSWD for all your daily uses, whether it's doing disgusting shots or counterdicting yourself later. Find us on Podbean and iTunes, and we're on the Lieb Sports Network every morning from 7 to 8 a.m., and every Sunday from 12 to 1 p.m. on the PPRN Radio Network. Be sure to be on the lookout for our special edition show that should be coming out in, we'll call it a week, week and a half's time. We'll be doing a uh, show from local Black Hog Brewery in Oxford, Connecticut, yes. I believe. Yep. Um, delicious beers, if you're from the area and you haven't had them, highly recommend it. Um, beer Reviews. I had the Heady Topper from The Alchemist in Vermont. Vermont. Um, I don't think I've ever had it before. I think you guys have had really? it. Really? I don't think I've ever had it. Enjoyed it immensely. Happy it's to a, bust it's, your cherry on that yeah, one. Yeah, it's an ale, 8%. You had the other one that they have. I can't remember what the, the name of it is. The Focal Banger? Yeah, that one. Yeah, very good. I like drink from the can. I wouldn't want to have it any other way. So, recommend that's, it highly. That's like a consistently like highest rated IPA in the country. Um, so... Mark, how is your lager pilsner? <laughs> the Gambrinus, I, I love it so much. It's so good. When my dad comes, he always brings like a 12-pack of it. I was happy to steal one for the show. It's so good. You gifted me a Czech beer. I, I did. Authentic Pilsner Quell. Look forward to having that later. Uh, Souls? I had the Harvest Hefe. Sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Thank right. you, Sam Adams. <laughs> uh, and then my farmhouse review. This week's... Uh, Contestant was Juliet. Um, pretty delicious. It, uh, <laughs> very good. It's a sour. Um, so it is sour. But it's, uh, it's got some nice hints of uh, a little bit of blueberry and uh, some raspberry and blackberry as well. And uh, very good. From all of us here at Getting Sports with Drunk, we hope you had a happy holiday season. And we wish you a very happy new year. And be sure to tune in next week for our NHL show. It's going to be a dumpster fire. But I'm your hostess, Cupcake the Riddler. I'm Mark. Sheen Washable. Nope. I'm Solsey. And I'm the Red Baron. Yeah. Yeah.